Hi, I'm Shelley Cameron, CEO of the City of Philadelphia's Division of Aviation, and you're listening to Taking Off with Shelley Cameron, where I take you behind the scenes of Philadelphia International Airport and the Northeast Philadelphia Airport. From cultural programs to improvement projects, traveler experience initiatives to aviation experts, and even some local heroes, Taking Off is a rare glimpse inside one of the busiest airports in the United States. In honor of the Army-Navy game on December 8th in Philadelphia, this episode will focus on our newly redesigned and relocated USO Lounge at PHL, now located in Terminal E. This less-than-a-year-old facility features a full restaurant-style kitchen, bunk rooms for men and women, a family playroom, theater-style seats, showers, and a Liberty USO volunteer staff. That's a lot of stuff. It's a place for service members and their families to escape the stress of traveling and to decompress. Joining me from Liberty USO is Joe Brooks, President and CEO. Joe, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me today, Shelley. Talk to me about the new USO. What kinds of amenities, other than the list that I just rattled off, our service members and their families find in the new USO? No, I think the first thing we need to state is that it's the newest and finest USO in the homeland. There's a couple more airport constructions online, but I've seen the plans for those centers and they don't own a candle to ours. So you talked about the normal amenities that you would expect when you come to a USO, but I think Here's something that differentiates our USO from others. I mean, Philadelphia is called the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection for a reason. And the feedback we're getting from our centers is that our volunteers are doing such a good job of making them feel at home. Because at the end of the day, that's what a USO center should be, a home away from home. So who utilizes the lounge? What kinds of people do you see coming through? Every USO is designed to take care of active guard and reserve, spouses and dependents, and retired military. That's our, that's our audience. But what's unique to our airport USO is the fact that every United States Coast Guard recruit, everyone that is going to basic training at Training Center Cape May comes through Philadelphia International Airport. That is the only basic training facility for United States Coast Guard is just 90 miles away. So every Tuesday, every United States Coast Guard recruit. That's amazing. Yeah, comes through Philadelphia International Airport. So that's a very real and deep connection that we have to one service branch that no other USO and no other airport can match. It's the fact that everybody who took the oath of service to defend the Constitution with the United States Coast Guard comes to Philadelphia International Airport and our USO. Oh, that's amazing. And Joe, I think I told you a while ago, my first USO visit was the Philadelphia International Airport USO back in the early 90s. Wow, yeah. I know. And I so I have a real deep connection as well. I was on my way to Turkey. Mm-hmm. I was being sent there for permanent duty station. It was right after the first Gulf War. And I was really scared and wasn't quite sure what to expect. And I mean, yeah, I I was an officer, but when Mm -hmm. you're headed overseas for the first time, and I got to tell you, the USO just provided such an amazing experience for me to make me feel more comfortable and and more serene as I started that next journey in my life. Yeah, and I think that's that's where we need to be for our traveling military. It's a scary time. I chatted with a military spouse 
here at Philadelphia International Airport about a month ago. And she was on her way. She was moving the family to their next home, their career military. And she gave me this really profound anecdote that will forever stick with me, that she's happy and but a little envious for the civilian population when they say, I've just bought my forever home. And she says, I don't think I'll ever have that experience because we have new homes every three years. And I feel like I live in airports and I feel like I'm communicating with movers just when I get settled. So they have a completely different dynamic, that 1% of the population that serves Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about what it means to provide this service to our service members, this this lounge, this facility. I I tell you what, from from a personal perspective, um, I was at a a networking event uh, sponsored by the Philadelphia Chamber of Commerce the other night, and I ran into somebody I worked with in a previous life in the economic development sector um, where I worked previously. And they're like, so what's it like? And I thought about it for a second you know, the, the pregnant pause, and then said, it's the single most profound thing I've ever been involved with in my professional career. And when pressed, well, why is that? Because you are taking care of the most selfless group of individuals on the planet. Is a group of folks that when they've joined the military, they've taken that oath and they've signed a blank check payable with their life. Okay, so outside military and first responders, who else is willing to do that? So when you understand that the audience you're serving is willing to lay down their life for you, a stranger, man, you just want to raise your delivers. You want to make that USO experience the best they can possibly have. So it's it's one of those days where... You know, you come home at night, and if you're working your job and you say to yourself, did I make a difference? Did I move the needle today? And I never have that doubt when the USO, my team never has that doubt. Our volunteers, the beating heart of the USO, never has that doubt. So that's what makes it so special. Yeah. Wow. You give me shivers every time you tell that, Joe, mm-hmm. because it's true. When you write a check that's payable with your life, I don't know that a lot of people think about that. And it, it's truly an honor for us as an airport to be able to provide that mm-hmm. lounge as well. So talk about your volunteers. They're amazing people. Yeah. Our volunteers are unique in a couple of different ways that this nonprofit is never closed. It never has off hours because our military is always on watch. Always. They're a 24-hour, 365-day-a-year life. So our volunteers have to be. Look at it here at Philadelphia International Airport. 6 a.m. to noon is a shift. Noon to 6 p.m., 6 p.m. to midnight, midnight to 6 6 a.m., 365 days a year. I know. They don't miss shifts. They don't miss shifts. And we live in the Northeast. I mean, we deal with difficult winters. They find a way to make it in. And when I talk about the importance of our USO, so USO Pennsylvania and Southern New Jersey covers from the inland sea of the Great Lakes, Lake Erie to the Atlantic Ocean, Pittsburgh to Trenton, Scranton to Cape May. And the staff of USO of Pennsylvania and Southern New Jersey is myself and six other people. So how do you cover 
yeah. that distance. It's volunteers. And when the clock strikes midnight on this year, 2018, our volunteers will have donated 48,000 hours. Oh my gosh. To the US. So 48,000 hours. Think about that. And that's only 502 volunteers. Okay. Our volunteers are putting in shift after shift because they know the service and sacrifice our military yeah. brings and they want to match it. So how many service members and family members do you think you're going to serve in the new USO? Yeah. I mean, when I get this question, I look at it, the audience, when, whatever setting we're in, because I want to see that reaction. We're projecting at the end of 2018 that 104,000 military, wow. their spouses and dependents will pass through that center in Terminal A. For our 2019 budgeting process, we're planning 125 to 130,000 military in that new center. So to compare and contrast it, wow. the old location, 85,000 military. Oh, Joe. Look what a new center is in the location that it is, what it means. Dive into the numbers. Okay, that's tens of thousands of more military families. We're making their lives better. And that's, again, it's a pretty profound statement to make. That's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. When you walk into the new lounge, one of the things that struck me the most is how light and bright it is, mm -hmm. especially compared to the location yeah. that you had in Terminal A East. Mm -hmm. That was down on ramp level. This is up on the concourse yeah. level. And, you know, it used to be an airline lounge right. location. What does having um, the new center with the new kitchen and everything mean to your volunteers well, I, I, and the people you serve? I'll tell you what. It's a small it's a small operation. So I manage all of our social media. So I get to see the real-time feedback that comes in. So two real-time comments, one from a traveling military spouse. His wife was on her way to Italy. And he was taking the kids to set up home. And he tweeted back to us at Liberty USO, love this natural light, good for the soul. Oh. And that's just, just a simple, like you brought it up. But when a military spouse says to you, good for the soul, man, that's, that's, that's good stuff. Yeah. And so a second real-time comment, this one came through as a Facebook comment where we got five stars out of five stars. Very, very happy about that. The response was meatloaf at 3 a.m., just what my belly wanted. You know, it was just those <laughs> little, little things, yeah. those touches of home. Where can you get meatloaf at 3 a.m.? At your home. That's right. Okay? So talk about your experience this morning. Yeah. You were down there this morning, right? Yeah. And, and what did you have for breakfast? Yeah, my volunteers are so, so important to me. And I had walked into the center about 8.15 this morning. There was close to 50 military in the center there now. Some had spent the night with us, right, in yep. our bunk facilities. And one of my volunteers, Angie, absolute doll, eyes lit up when I walked in. Um, Mr. Joe, um, can I get you something to eat? I was like, oh, sure, absolutely. Whether I was hungry or not. That's I was, right. You're going to eat yeah, what I'm, she's I'm, serving. I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat. So for breakfast this morning, I had chili and garlic bread. And let me tell you something. You may not think that's appropriate for breakfast, but I'm telling you, it was delicious. And, you know, again, the, that 24-hour dynamic of our military, you know, while maybe morning for us East Coasters, mm -hmm. It's not morning for a military and military that's been traveling. Military still carrying the dust and sand from Southwest Asia. Okay, they just want that comfort food. Could they have gotten bacon and eggs this morning? 
Absolutely. But our volunteers are super proud of that chili. So that's what I have for breakfast. Well, it's just like when your grandma or your mom mm-hmm. cooks for you, right? It's mm-hmm. made with love and it's that's the special ingredient mm-hmm. that makes it exactly. amazing. And, and I think that everything that those volunteers do downstairs is made with love. Yeah, it definitely is. So Joe, one of the things that our USO provides at this airport that's unique is service to Gold Star families, mm-hmm. right? Can you talk a little bit about what that means? Okay. Sorry, so, I get choked up when I start yeah, thinking about it. And I may as well. So deal with me on this one. So for the podcast listeners that are unaware, um, a Gold Star family is a designation that is applied to a family member who has lost a spouse or a dependent in service of their nation. And one of the I talked about the United States Coast Guard as being, you know, the absolute start of the military experience for our coasties. Due to our proximity to Dover Air Force Base, we're unfortunately the last stop for many military families. Dover Air Force Base is the home of the Port Mortuary. And for your podcast listeners, that's the mortuary for any service member that is killed in combat, training accident or they die by their own hand, whether in the homeland or overseas. And so when you're watching the news at night and you see that flag-draped coffin coming off the back of an Air Force um, transport plane, invariably that's at Dover Air Force Base. And due to our proximity to Dover Air Force Base, every one of those Gold Star families that are bringing husband or wife, um, mom and dad or son and daughter home for the last time, they fly into Philadelphia International Airport, and our volunteers meet and greet every one of those flights. Um, they travel with the family to Dover Air Force Base. They're with them during that process. They're with them during the absolute worst time in their life because when they reach the Philadelphia International Airport, on average, these Gold Star families are only about seven hours removed from the knock on the door that changes their life. And it's a literal knock on yeah. the door. Mom and dad will open that front door and there'll be a chaplain and a casualty notification officer. Mm -hmm. And I say this frequently that, you know, we get lost in the hyperbole of all the things in America that shouldn't make sense, whether it's celebrity or whatever. And we tend to lose track that we are a nation at war. If that casualty does not occur in your hometown or if that casualty is not of a catastrophic nature, a large loss of life in one shot, you're not going to hear about it. But Shelly, for your listeners, I don't want to project what 2018 will look like. In 2017, out of a 365-day year, 223 of those days had Gold Star families on their way to Dover Air Force Base, on their way home to Dover Air Force Base. And it's your USO, and I say the word your for a reason, because we're an all-volunteer organization. We are a nonprofit. It's your organization that is with those Gold Star families their entire length of time on the worst um, trip of their life. But that happens here practically every other day at Philadelphia International Airport. R-U-S-O. Yep. So I got to go out on a lighter note, Joe. Okay. I've got to. So Army or Navy? It's my last question. Army or Navy? I've got to answer it honestly. So if I'm wearing the USO hat. In this case, I'm wearing a USO polo shirt today. I'm agnostic. I have to be above the oh, fray. But, Joe. but 
Listen, one of the things that makes Philadelphians is we're authentic. So I'm going to very be very raw and very real. Yeah, so I'm going to be very real with you. Listen, my dad was in the United States Navy. He served eight years as a boiler tender on the USS Wrangell and the USS Biddle. And one of my earliest memories is sitting in the 700 level of the vet with my dad cheering on Navy. So USO Joe agnostic, Joe Brooks, Northeast Philadelphia, lifelong Philadelphian, go Navy. Yeah, go Navy. My sister served for six years in the U.S. Navy. She was part of the first group of women on an aircraft carrier, the USS Eisenhower. She helped close down Adak, Alaska, one of the Aleutian Island stations. And if I said go Army, I don't think I'd ever be welcome in her home again. Yeah, I don't think my dad would talk to me if I ever uttered go Army. And I actually feel a little dirty that I just said that. My (laughs) husband is also a Marine, served in the Marines. So, you know, I I just, you know. Yeah, you can't do it. But, you know, love the Army too. But, uh, yeah, if you got to make a choice, go Navy. I think we're going to have to wait until December 8th to find out who actually wins the game. Army won last year, right? Yes. In the snow. Yes. Were you there? I was. And I, was I think there this too. is still the remnants of the cold I caught that yeah, day. Could, could be. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have today, Joe. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing the story of the Liberty USO. Thank you. For those of you who would like to learn more, please visit libertyuso.org. I'm Shelly Cameron. Thank you for listening. 